0: Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast. I'm Zach Semke, director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're pleased to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded at FIASCON 2022 in Chicago. These interviews were made possible by generous support from Stokorp and Zola Windows. In this interview, Passive House Accelerator's director of publications, Mary James, interviews Christoph Stump of Trinity Financial. Enjoy. Welcome, Christoph Stump, to the Passive House Accelerator podcast here at Fias conference. There's a lot of background noise, so I apologize for that. So you're with Trinity Financial, the Vice President of Design and Construction. And um, we we're just talking a little bit about how you came to be in New York, working for Trinity. Um, yeah. And your early introduction to Passive House which was way back in 2001?
1: Yeah, or like, 2000 even. It was uh, during uh, my studies in Europe so I was still at university when I learned about it they had a summer program in Austria uh, it was all about Passif that's how I uh, got to know about the concept of Passif and instantly really got convinced this is this makes so much sense um, it's, it's, it's a straightforward a straightforward proposition. Um, of course, Passive House, even then, was something was more widespread in university circles, wasn't really adapted very much yet. Um, and especially when I graduated in uh, 2003, um, it was hard to do. I started out right away after university, came to the U.S. as an architect and uh, work for an interior architect. Passive house is not relevant for interior architecture. Um, then I worked for a while uh, in, in the planning department of the Bronx Borough president. Um, not very relevant to that experience either. Uh, worked for a while for a local uh, nonprofit development, CDC. Um, also not very relevant. But I got more into the architectural field at that point, And then I switched over to an architectural firm, uh, Magnus and Architecture and Planning. I worked uh, with them for, uh, for close to 10 years.
0: And they do mostly multifamily?
1: They do multifamily and affordable housing. So that is really... I've always done that, even with the local uh, community uh, development corporation. Um, it's, it's all about all affordable housing in New York City, so that's my my real background. Um, and being at that architect, uh, uh, they were not specifically sustainable or energy efficient focus, um, but it started at that time, so uh, late 2000, before 2010. Um, and, and, that's where Passive House really, for me in the United States, um, took up a bigger meaning. Clients of ours, they didn't know what that was. They weren't interested. And, um, at some point, uh, I made a career change over to TD Financial, uh, a development company, um, has been in operation for, you know, over 30 years. Uh, we, to multifamily housing and mixed, uh, mixed income, mixed use housing in the Northeast, and um, so so with Trinity Financial, there was an opportunity to set the tone in the development and steer the entire development towards passive house. It's just such a logical concept, and we knew that you would end up with a high-quality building. We weren't quite sure, we weren't sure that you we were going to end up with um, utility cost savings during operations. We weren't quite sure how it would exactly work out. There's very little operational data out there, or close to none, Um, there is a lot of talk about, oh, it's going to be so expensive to do passive laws. Oh, other people say it's not going to cost anything. It's really, there's a range of opinions out there, um, but uh, we proposed passive House on this RFP, the 425 Grand Concourse, because it was a means uh, to have a, 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 a meaningful impact in the community, it's a community um, that has has been afflicted by a very, very high rate of air pollution, and as you know... can you? Just um,
0: back up for a second.
1: And say what community it's in. Oh, uh, sorry, the South Bronx. South Bronx, um, especially the neighborhood we are in—that's um, Mudhaven. Um, we have a lot of air polluters right next door. We have a major Deegan Highway. The Grand Concourse is not—you know—is is a major artery. Um, then there's a lot of air pollution from air traffic. LaGuardia is not far. Um, so we have. You have a very high asthma rate. I think it. I don't know if it still is, but at some point it was like the congressional district with the highest asthma rate in the country.
0: Wow. Well, um, not a surprise given all that air pollution. Yeah. It's, yeah,
1: it's 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 amazing.
0: And the poor quality of the housing generally there, which in much of the South Bronx is quite old.
1: Yeah, and and uh, not surprisingly, the population there is also you know. Is, is, is one of the poorest districts in the in, in New York City, too. And, of course, poor neglected. Where are we going to put all these people? We're going to put them into undesirable neighborhoods like the South Bronx, even though the South Bronx is a, is a great neighborhood because it's so close to Manhattan. It's strategically, it's a perfect neighborhood. And it's now it's rapidly changing, by the way. So this is, you know, 15 years ago or... Many years ago. Right. So
0: 425 Grand Concourse is a 26 story building. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Kind of and thing. it's
0: recently completed. Yep. And recently certified as a FIAS. 2018?
1: 2018, yes. Mm -hmm. News Plus 2018. We got the certification in just in time for our ribbon cutting. That's going to happen next week. (laughs) Uh, Excellent. And we are in the middle of leasing up uh, the apartments. Uh, The non-residential spaces, you know, are largely already uh, leased up. We have tenants in them. And so now we are starting to see operational data. It's it's very early, so we can't really say much. The passive house operates. Best when it's full, uh, because that's how the systems are calibrated. Not for an empty building. Uh, it takes a while to lease it up because it's uh, it's affordable housing, and the way tenants get approved, they have to go through a city lottery and a process. So it takes a while. Otherwise, we would be filled up. We have over sixty thousand applications for that building, which is not entirely uh, unusual for affordable housing, but still. Um,
0: But this isn't your general run of affordable housing. This is much higher quality, so it's not surprising that there's a lot of applications. And um, as you were saying, you know, the local air quality is not great, but you're um, with the Passive House envelope and your ventilation system. Can you talk a little bit about your ventilation system and... Um, how that's going to how that affects the interior air quality?
1: Yeah, very much so Um, Our ventilation system consists of central energy recovery ventilation. We chose that system uh, because it's a multifamily building we wanted to uh, be able to easily maintain that. That's why we opted for central systems and we also didn't want to deal with um, a lot of um, air individual air intakes um, on the facade they need to be maintained, they tend to get clogged. And on the 26 story building, you can't really do that, it's very hard. So, we have central energy recovery ventilation, uh, and um, they feed the building from both the third floor uh, podium roof, or the, it's on the third floor, uh, and the 26th floor roof. So, we feed from two sides and uh, the well, Passive House is based on balanced air systems, so we are providing fresh air into each apartment, a mechanical fresh air that sets Passive House apart from uh, other buildings. And this fresh air is all filtered with a very, I think it's MERV 13 at least, um, filter fabric. So all the, you know, pollen or particulate matter 2.5 that we'll find from, while well, the PM 2.5 is from from traffic pollution, is going to get filtered out and it's going to have a hugely beneficial outcome for our tenants. They're going to benefit from it. Um, the asthma rate is, is through the roof. So, um, I don't know, I have a kid with asthma and uh, now, now she's over it, but... Um, it's it's not a fun uh, illness to have, and it's you know can be quite costly too. So you you have a um, population that's already on the lower end of income, and then you know if you pile on these health issues that also cost money. Uh, that makes a real difference. Well. Air quality is not the only huge benefit of passive house. Since we are also, I told you, we're close to Grand Concourse and Major Deegan Highway. Um, noise is a major issue, and noise is a major health benefit, or noise reduction is a major health benefit of uh, passive House as well.
0: So you're providing all these benefits, but most many developers would say, "Well, I can't afford to provide those kind of benefits." How did Trinity Financial? Find the financing and create and tell me a little bit about the business case for providing these passive house level benefits.
1: So that building was developed as affordable housing, so it's subsidized housing. And um, what we did, we basically underwrote to a 20% reduced utility cost compared to the baseline building. That doesn't sound like a lot. I'm sure you've heard about passive house saving up to 60, 70% of energy compared to a standard building. Um, As a developer of affordable housing in New York City, you currently cannot underwrite all of this because you need cost certainty and um, nobody guarantees these savings for you. And the other major issue is um, metering of utilities. Mm -hmm. So Passive House works uh, with recovering energy through the ventilation system, recovering energy through the heating and cooling system, and those systems, if they are metered, Um, Apart from the house meter, if they are not all centrally metered, you cannot use the benefits from the entire system because you only have the benefit of a portion of the system. So um, that is a little bit the challenge uh, for underwriting these projects. But we'll we'll get there and um, hopefully one day we'll get to a place where we can master meter the entire heating air conditioning and ventilation it's it should be a standard amenity that just comes with every apartment it shouldn't be you shouldn't be paying extra for that right
0: um <clears throat> but uh the even though the energy savings you're using conservative energy savings estimates when you are uh, seeking financing for the building now you're looking at what actual energy savings are going to be you're well, your projections of actual energy savings. Um, and um, how what's the payoff time, do you reckon, for the premium of going for Passive House versus conventional buildings um, in terms of the money that you'll recoup from the energy savings?
1: Yeah, so this is a complicated question. And to... Even grapple this. Uh, what we did is we used the energy consumption of the entire building that's measured in energy use intensity (EUI). And uh, right, well, you're right. Right now, it's calculated through an energy model, but you know, eventually, it'll be uh, proven by operating data. Um, so we use the energy use of the entire building that's the only way we can fairly accurately do this and what we found is that the port um, on board upgrades you need to install to get to an, uh, a passive house building you know i can give some examples of what those typical up charges are but we found that it's about 2% of the total development cost. So it's not huge, but it is something.
0: That's not huge.
1: It's not huge, but um, if you can say those 2%, there's a lot of people who would do that too. So um, in the end of the day, those 2% need to come in somewhere. but uh, using the operational uh, savings from the entire building, you could pay off these 2% within uh, about 12 years if you assume an interest rate of, say, 6%. Uh, 6% sounds high. Well, right now we're in a high interest uh, uh, era. That may change, so it's an assessment that needs to be done by every project.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I mean. It really is a landmark project in the Bronx and um, stands out both from an efficiency standpoint, and it's beautiful.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we're very proud of it, and um, we'll have a great party at the ribbon cutting. Uh, (laughs) Many, many hands were involved to make this project a success.
0: Well, congratulations, and uh, we hope to hear more about it. Pleasure. Thanks.